Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The real question for us is when will Governor Holcomb start acting like the governor of Indiana? Now, we can ask ourselves that question, but then we have to follow it up with, well, what do we think the governor of Indiana should act like? And part of the problem is we see other governors acting in ways we're like, well, well that, that, do, do, do that right there. That thing they're doing over there, act like that. Act like Ron DeSantis in, in Florida, where you actually advocate for the people and, and their right to wear a mask or not, or have their kids masked or not, or fight for monoclonal antibodies. Uh, to act like the, 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 the governor of Texas. People are upset with uh, Todd Rokita, the attorney general, for going down to the border. I think the Democratic Party called it his, his own personal vacation. If you want to argue he spent uh, a, a, a Hoosier dollar on going to a Trump rally, fine, go make that argument. You just got to be able to prove it. But if you think that somehow the attorney general shouldn't go see the problem at the border, of course it affects us in Indiana. And the governor should say, good on you for going down, checking it out, understanding the issue, speaking to people, seeing where the problems lie because the problems are real and the problems are vicious. Just because the Indiana Democratic Party doesn't have the strength, the decency, the compassion, the humanity to address the issue, rather they'd like to make it some kind of political nonsense doesn't change the facts a governor that acted like that would be pretty all right by us how about if he acted like christy gnome of south dakota he may have to sooner rather than later because christy gnome just signed the legislation saying that girls i'm sorry boys that say they're girls and want to participate in girl sports that's not going to happen if only because boys are not girls and girls are not boys and men are not women and women are not men this isn't even controversial. What I'm saying isn't rude or crude or anything. It's just a fact, and you just got to deal with that fact. But to not speak up about it and not speak up on defense of these young women, well, that's, that's not what we want from our governor, Tony Katz. Tony Katz, today, it's good to be with you on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Find everything at TonyKatz.com and the book, Let's Go Bourbon. Oh, you got to go get the book. Valentine's Day around the corner. Your bourbon reader, Let's Go Bourbon.com. My first book, not my last. You want a governor that acts on your behalf. I don't believe. I have never believed that the governor has to engage every single social issue. And there is certainly an argument to be made that the governor or any politico shouldn't act until the moment is necessary. Why play your hand? But I also argue that in the state of Indiana, the moment has been necessary numerous times. And Governor Holcomb has not acted. When the Department of Justice refers to parents as terrorists, that's a time for a governor to say, whoa up. The parents, who's your parents, are fantastic. I think you should be polite. I think you should be kind when you're at a school board event, et cetera, et cetera. But then they get to speak their mind. They get to be upset. They get to share their thoughts with their elected officials. Absolutely. That is what Hoosiers believe in. We, 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 we didn't really get that, did we? 
We we didn't get the the public statement that excoriates uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland. We we, we, didn't, we didn't get that. We didn't, we didn't get that at all. We got what? More and more silence from the governor's office. He's very good at silence. I think he views these conversations that I've just shared with you as noise. They're just noise. No, no, no. They're not noise. They're not noise. And I think there's a whole set of people, even good people, people that I like, even uh, people that, that, that have interesting ideas and, and, and thoughts and certainly aren't the, the level of, would you call me activist or just call me more direct? Right? I'm not arguing that there are people out there who have a, a, a way of uh, better do, putting polish on, on, on the politics than me. I'm just less interested in putting polish on it. I'm more interested in, in exposing it. Right? I, I, I'm more interested, interested in exposing the cockroach than having the most prized cockroach at the fair. I guess, I guess that's a way to put it. But they'll even get into some of these ideas. Well, Tony, you just you, you don't need to get into everything. Tony, you don't need to have everything be a fight. I agree. The Attorney General of the United States of America referred to Hoosier parents as terrorists. Maybe that's a good moment to stand up. And the fact that I would even have to say that to somebody, that they wouldn't know that. That, that is a mind scramble. You and I are on the same page. That's nuts. But where I'd like to see Governor Holcomb act like a governor is on masks in schools. How can we still think that masks in schools are providing us any value at all and in any way? How can we assume such a thing? There's a photo out of Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams is the Politico from Georgia who still thinks she won the Georgia governor's race when she didn't. And she won't admit to it. And everything is, you know, about stealing the vote. And it's an attack on black voters here, an attack on black voters there. It's, it's not. It's just not nonsense. It's just nonsense. But there she is in a classroom, right? She's taking a, a picture with a, with a whole group of kids. And she's sitting on the floor. And she's got a big smile on her face. All the other kids, I can't tell if these if these kindergartners or first graders, if they have that could be second graders, have smiles on their face because all the kids are in masks. There she is. Smiling, so happy to be there. And there are all the other kids. And they're in masks. Are we still going to pretend that somehow and in some way masks are necessary? Or do adults have fear and they project that fear onto children? The kid has to be masked, the adult is unmasked. How many times do we see it? Well, take a look at California. The governor is appearing in photos with Magic Johnson without a mask. But the kids, they all have to be masked and vaccinated to go to school. The mayor of Los Angeles is Eric Garcetti. And there he was at the um, NFC Championship game. The Rams versus the 49ers. 
No mask. You know what he said? I don't know why people are mad at me. I mean, I held my breath. That was his line. It wasn't I wasn't breathing on anybody. I held my breath for the photo where I didn't have a, a mask on. Translation, I didn't inhale. Nancy Pelosi doesn't wear a mask when she gets her hair done. It goes on and on and on and on. The hypocrisy is massive. And on the, on the subject of Stacey Abrams, you have people like Bakari Sellers on CNN defending her. Yeah, I mean, in politics, is it unhelpful? The answer is yes, because now we're talking about it on CNN. Trust me, they're going to be talking about it on Fox News all week long. And so it definitely ain't helpful. The people, though, who are outraged weren't going to vote for Stacey Abrams anyway. From a public health perspective or from a just a pure perspective, did she make a mistake? If my kid was in the classroom, would I be outraged? The answer is definitely not. Uh, Stacey Abrams is not trying to harm children. She was not flaunting our regulations purposefully. She took a picture with her mask off and everyone else had their mask on. So there's not an issue there. First things first, uh, all progressives are trying to hurt children. Uh, Secondly, yeah, it's going to get talked about. How dare Fox talk about it is a super hot take. Third, why are the kids in masks? That's the question. Why was it okay? Why is it just something? If a kid pulls the mask down below their nose, they get yelled at. I was just on an airplane. You pull the mask down below your nose, you're going to get yelled at. No one yelled at her. No one said, put your mask on. You ain't special. You're not even governor. No one said that. To Stacey Abrams, why not? Why not? In New Jersey, they're going to end the mask requirement in schools. So we understand each other. The Democrat governor of New Jersey, Pat Murphy, will end masks in schools. The Republican governor of Indiana, Eric Holcomb, will not. Did something change? By the end of the show, maybe something will have changed. So can I ask again, what is it that our governor is doing? Why don't we get more from him? Why don't we get better from him? I, I, don't, I don't have an answer for you. I get asked repeatedly, does he talk to you? No. No, he doesn't. As a matter of fact, producer Ari, he, uh, he uh, sends a, a, an email to, to Governor Holcomb's office. Hey, we want to do an interview with you on, I forget the, 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 the subject. You know what the response is back? Not available. Not, hey, can't do it that day, but how about next Thursday at, at 1.30? Can't do it that way. Gone here. How about two weeks from now? Um, they, they can meet up. Nothing. Just not available. I've often said it is the worst communications department I've, I've ever come across. Until you realize that it's purposeful. Of course Governor Holcomb thinks it's noise. He thinks anything that he's not thinking about is noise, which is a serious problem because he doesn't think about Hoosiers. We've extended the health emergency again in Indiana. And his idea of not extending it is if the General Assembly changes the law so we keep, it, it always exists, kind of. It's very strange what he's asking for. If you do this, this, and this, we'll get rid of the, um, 
The, the whole, we'll get rid of the public health emergency. But this, this, and this are the things that are enacted by the public health emergency. So how do you, what's the point? We're just going to make these things standard about what, what can be de- delivered and how certain dollars can be accessed or, or how certain procedures can be done. It's all so weird. If, if, therefore, everything's an emergency or nothing's an emergency. It's just strange. That's all I'm saying. But it's even more strange is that the governor and his office believe that Hoosiers being called terrorists is noise. That businesses wanting to be open is just noise. That parents believing that young girls and young women should be able to compete to their highest level and not be called bigots when they don't want to compete against men, it's just noise. Now you're right. If you ask me, Tony, did he specifically say that uh, the transgender bill is just noise? No. He hasn't said anything. And if he said something, you'd have to search really hard to find it. We don't know his place on these things. He doesn't share his thoughts on these things. And it's a problem for us. We're the ones dealing with it. And I think that the, 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 there's a lesson from Governor Holcomb. And certainly there is a lesson to the idea of focusing on, on things that matter. Right? That's a very Mitch Daniels thing. I can't imagine Mitch Daniels would not have addressed some of these subjects. Now, you might have agreed or disagreed with him, but he would have addressed them, as opposed to Holcomb, who is no Mitch Daniels. Although he may think of himself that way, which is a whole other problem. Mitch Daniels didn't get involved in the social issues. I'm not getting involved in the social issues. I'm not going down the Mike Pence road. No how, no way, nuh-uh. Parents get called terrorists and you say nothing. That's not you not getting involved in social issues. That's you saying, hey, you really don't want to vote for me when I run for Senate. Because I really don't want to vote for you when you run for Senate. Not standing up for these people. Not saying that's a despicable thing the Attorney General did. Not saying that parents have a right to speak. Not saying that I agree that we need to protect kids. We need to have compassion for kids. And we need to let these girls and these women compete to the best of their ability. And that some things just aren't fair. So let's say so honestly. Let us be more honest than, than, than anyone else. More factual than anyone else. He won't say that? That's why people look to Ron DeSantis. That's why they look to Greg Abbott. That's why they look now to Christy Noem. Even though she had her problems with this subject because she didn't handle it perfectly, they're going to start looking to her again. No one's looking to Eric Holcomb. No one. And... Part of being a leader is is actually doing so. Part of being a leader is listening. Parting of being a leader is, is about knowing when to act. Doesn't seem like he's listening. Doesn't seem like to the to the extent that we care about caring that he cares that he hasn't acted. He certainly hasn't moved in a worthy amount of time. Best of luck with that Senate run. I'm Tony Katz.
I got to tell you, I, I know the Olympics are going on. I just got nothing for you guys. It's all very depressing. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. First, I, I'm going to be curious to see where the ratings are. I can't imagine people are watching. It's it's just there's no excitement. There's no excitement at all on the subject. Between the, the corruption of the IOC, between the political nature of the thing, and between um, just China. The, the, the commies are in charge and... It's somehow supposed to be all all right. It's not all right. It's ugly as can be. And then there's this commentary from Speaker Pelosi that's just, I mean, it's its flat out horrifying, if you ask me. Ah, I messed it up. I messed it up. She wants you to know that if you're an athlete, you should not be speaking in China. Oh, no, no, no. You should be keeping your, your head down and, and, uh, and, and not talking about anything and not saying anything. Oh, no, 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 no. Quiet till the very end. I would say to our athletes, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do to their reputations, to their families. So you are saying to American citizens, athletes in China, don't upset anybody because they can hurt you and there's nothing we can do about it. Now. Maybe we can argue, let's not get political at the Olympics. Which is something we all believe in. A reason a lot of people aren't watching the Olympics is it's all too damn political. But don't get political because China might hurt you or your family. If any American soldier gets touched inappropriately, I'm an American soldier, American athlete, gets touched inappropriately by the Chinese, it's an act of war. Make China so absolutely scared that they don't think about bothering America for three generations. And now we've got the Speaker of the House saying, you don't want them hurting you. Uh, And just another reason not to cover the Olympics. I feel bad for the athletes. Because they, you know, just train their whole lives for this. It ain't their fault. In the main, it ain't their fault. Megan Rapinoe, it could be her fault. This is Tony Katz today. The Circle Center Mall, which, I mean, that's the center of Indianapolis, but it's much, much more than that. Much more than just a mall. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today, it's good to be with you. The Circle Center Mall can be seen for the state of Indiana as as something that saved Indianapolis, which enabled it to have a downtown that brought the Super Bowl that then put Indiana on the map 
across the state for being able to handle the biggest events in the world. You, you could say the same thing about building a stadium. These people built a football stadium when there was no football team, which is the craziest thing you ever did hear of. But it did create the opportunity to get a football team. All because the seats were blue, which is one of the great stories. Uh, Papa Urse comes and checks out the Hoosier Dome and and, uh, says, you know what? Look, the seats are blue. Uh, That's that's our color. That's that's our color. It was meant to be. Some version of that is the story that, that was told. Of the story of how when the Colts came, taking a look at the Hoosier Dome, which became, of course, the RCA Dome, when they paid for the naming rights, that, that's how it happened. But that mall is an incredible story. It's a story of how a city came together to say, we got to do better for ourselves. we got to create an opportunity for ourselves. And they went about doing it. Well, now comes a new vision. But what will that vision be is the question. Mickey Shuey joins us right now from the Indianapolis Business Journal. Simon unloads ownership stake in struggling circle center mall. Simon being Simon Property Group. These are the people who manage the malls and have uh, these shopping centers all across uh, America. Let's start with, with the basics, uh, Mickey. Let's kind of break down some, some pieces here. It's been a good number of years, 20 plus years the mall has been in existence. But the past five, six, seven years... It has just become more eyesore and more problematic than profit center and value center. What's been changing? First off, Tony, thank you for having me. Uh, And and certainly uh, the mall has seen a lot of changes over the past uh, few years, um, not the least of which have been the exits of of big big anchor stores, including Carson's, uh, which left a few years ago as part of a major downsizing for its parent company. Um, But then we've also lost restaurants. Um, including the Palomino on the corner of Maryland and Illinois. Um, there's just been a lot of turnover lately in the, the tenants at the mall. And, uh, and more recently, um, the uh, Simon Property Group decided that it wanted to essentially outsource the uh, management of the mall um, uh, through conversations with the ownership group uh, to JLL. Uh, the Indianapolis-based uh, uh, office of JLL. So uh, that's been underway since April, and they're now managing uh, leasing for the entire property, including the vacant burger study uh, space on Georgia Street. Um, so, so there's been a lot of turnover and, and not a lot of consistency uh, for for the the mall uh, the mall tenants. Right, so you've got the vacancy of Burger Study, which is owned by uh, the, the, the Hughes uh, people, same people who own Harry and Izzy's in St. Elmo's. Uh, you've got uh, the, the, the Champs, which is another one that's open, Palomino, which is, is still open. There, there's These places being open and empty uh, creates a bit of blight. You also have uh, Connor Prairie, right? Carson's, Carson. Carson Scott, uh, uh, I, I never get the name right because it was just closed as I kind of got here, and I I didn't grow up with the name. But this big, massive anchor tenant that they've never done anything with, and we've had uh, NCAA championship here, we've had uh, uh, other events here, and yet we still don't do anything with the space. So you have a lot of this empty space, and now that Simon has sold out, the question is what becomes of it. But it, it just if if you can. 
to the extent that you know the the history here, this mall was built by civic participation, right? Business leaders saying, all right, I'm in for this much, I'm in for that much. And they built the thing as a way of attracting people to downtown. Is there still, is this, this history of this, what it did for this city, have you ever gone through and able to see the connection between building that mall and the growth of downtown as we know it today? Well, I mean, I'm to, to be clear, I, I am definitely going through that now as we as we continue following the story. But um, to the extent that I know, I mean, whenever you hear of a big big event coming here, a lot of people link it back to the the fact that the mall came here. As as you were talking about before, it, it helped bring the Super Bowl here in 2012. It it's lent a lot of credence to the idea that Indianapolis is more than just a a sleepy downtown area um, that there are things happening here. And, and to be clear, there are a few, uh, a few of those vacant spaces in the mall that are being filled. Sugar factories coming later this year to the former Palomino space. Uh, that's a national chain. It's highly regarded and it tends to bring in a lot of celebrities actually. So we'll see how that does for Indianapolis, but you have that. And then you have a, a co-hatch, a co-working space that's going to be on the, uh, first floor where um, where a former restaurant was across from uh, from Champs. So you do have a little bit going on there. But as far as the history goes, um, it, it definitely has had a big role in in bringing people downtown, in making sure that people know that there are things happening downtown. Uh, you see the Arts Garden, and that that's used a lot for events um, and. And the connectivity that the mall offers uh, really creates a a unique downtown area because no other city in in the United States that I'm aware of has the kind of connectivity that Indianapolis does, and that's largely because Circle Center Mall uh, basically acts as a tunnel system, uh, an above ground or an above ground uh, tunnel system to to get people around from the convention center all the way to Monument Circle. So um, so it definitely has an integral role in day-to-day activity for people downtown, but also in bringing events here. Talking to Mickey Shuey of the Indianapolis Business Journal, IBJ.com. Now let's talk about uh, the reno. Here you have, okay, we've got this gigantic space. I mean, it's blocks by blocks. It's, it's, it's huge. Is this the kind of thing that can get torn down and rebuilt? If so, into what? Or is the plan to try and take the existing footprint and make it work for some other vision? So it, it certainly seems more like the latter, that that we're going to see more of a repurposing of the existing buildings. I have not heard anybody to this point say, hey, let's tear down the mall and put something brand new here. It's more about repurposing the Carson space, repurposing the, the vacant areas that are that are throughout the mall. Uh, trying to bring some residential downtown, really to the core of downtown, because um, certainly you have some some housing on Market Street. You have the Conrad across from the mall um, that has some some high uh, high end premium condominiums, but but you don't really have that market rate apartment right in the core of downtown where the mall is. So that seems to be a priority, along with retaining some of the retail, but maybe converting it into more entertainment or or other uses uh, to, to keep people blocking down here. 
I think it's interesting that you would that that there's this idea that here's a mall, and the answer is well, let's keep the shape of a mall because it just doesn't it it doesn't fly. When you even take a look at malls that are successful, it's very often more that outdoor kind of thing. Even with the cold weather uh, that that we get, and it's the mixed use uh, conversations. Uh, could we see uh, apartments and condos coming? Uh, more of them coming to downtown. Could we see another hotel? You know, what are you hearing from Visit Indy or uh, Indy Sports Corp uh, regarding the need for more hotel space for conferences and events? I mean, there's always that need for more hotels, Tony. But, but I mean, it is important to note that there is uh, this massive uh, Signia Hilton project uh, planned across from the convention center that's supposed to open by 2025, break ground by the end of this year. Uh, and that will add at least 800 rooms, maybe up to 1,400 rooms uh, over the next five, six years. So, to this point, I have not heard anything about a hotel uh, down here, but but they're also not necessarily thinking of keeping the shape of the mall because if you really think about Circle Center Mall, a lot of it's just an amalgamation of buildings that were here before that kind of were converted into a mall space, so, um, so they kind of flowed throughout. So um, while the buildings will probably still be the same, the the skeletons will probably change some on the inside to make clear that this is more than just just a regular shopping mall and to, to kind of heighten the experience for people living or working or visiting uh, this this venue. So what is the thing that you have heard that is the absolute craziest idea out there? Somebody who's thinking of, yeah, you know what we can uh, do with this? Uh, just the most out there idea that we could see in downtown Indy. Well, if I recall, Tony, actually, you you might have actually had that idea when we were talking uh, a few months back uh, to, to, I think, throw a, a stadium on top for, for Indy 11. I did that. That has been my idea that of where yeah. where they're thinking about building 11 Park, which is this whole idea put out by our Saul Ozdemir and the and the Indy 11. He's the owner of the of the Indy 11 a good guy. Um, they're going to build a whole park and it's going to be offices. It's going to be a whole world around uh, this this stadium for the Indy 11. And I said, boom, put it right in downtown, right on top of the mall. That was mine. I admit that that was mine. Um, I wouldn't care if you tore it down and built it right there. It'd be amazing. A soccer stadium in the middle of downtown where you could also like do concerts and things like that would be fantastic. You got to think big, Shuey. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's, uh, that's beyond my pay grade. I'm just paid to write about it. So you haven't heard of anything wild and crazy on the, on the horizon? Honestly, I have not. Uh, it, we're still very early on in the reporting on all this, and, and things are changing day by day, as they typically do with with the, the reactions to to the to this news. I mean, this just broke on on Friday, so we're we're still chasing all this, and uh, and hopefully we'll have some uh, some things to report uh, later when, this week. When do you think when, when do you think Indianapolis will start seeing changes to it? Um, in talking with uh, with some officials, it sounds like by the end of this year, uh, the the mall ownership group uh, hopes to have at least a plan in place, and then potentially uh, start working on that in early 2023 to make that uh, come to life. Whatever so sooner rather than be. later. Do you think this becomes a conversation piece that becomes part of the mayor's race as uh, possibly Joe Hogsett runs for uh, a third term? Uh, do you, is, is this something that's going to be a, a political hot-button issue? 
I, I honestly can't speak to that, Tony. It may be, it may not. I, I really don't. Uh, that, that's not my world. I'm, I'm focused on real estate and sports. So, uh, so that's a little bit beyond me. But, but if I had to guess, I'm, I'm sure that, that, that people on, on each side of the aisle will probably uh, make, make this a big, a big topic of conversation for years to come. So whether that plays in the mayor's race, I don't know. But uh, I'm sure that, that everybody's going to be interested in what happens with the mall. Mickey Shuey, Indianapolis Business Journal. I appreciate you taking the time. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Would Joe Rogan leave for Rumble? Sure. Rumble just offered him $100 million over four years. As opposed to $100 million over 10 years. And Spotify, which has offered Rogan the hundred million over ten years, which is why he moved to Spotify, they're starting to take his stuff down. He used this word, he used that word. I'm not condoning it. I am saying I don't believe in the censorship. The employees are very upset, and the the CEO of Spotify said, "I, I don't think silencing him is the right move here." But Rumble, right? I'm on Rumble, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. They have not offered me $100 million. I am wicked angry about it, by the way. I'm clearly not doing enough. I mean, how much look at me do I have to do to start getting some serious coin? Good Lord. Uh, but the uh, the deal is $100 million over four years. And some people are asking, whoa, 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 Rumble, the video sharing service? Rumble.com slash Tony Katz? How in the world do they have it? Let us not forget that Rumble was is going public because they have a deal with Cantor Fitzgerald. The value of Rumble is $2.1 billion. They've got the money. Now, I think it's interesting that they did it as a four-year deal, or they offered it as a four-year deal because they put it on Twitter. It's like, oh, yeah, we're serious. Four years, $100 million. No censorship. You in or you out. We'll put up everything. What's interesting there is that they should have done 100 million for five years. 20 million a year would have made sense. Four years was actually extremely aggressive. Extremely aggressive. And one could wonder well, how in the world are you going to make it back? And the answer is maybe that's the advertising budget. You got, you got Rogan. Everyone's angry and talking about it, putting more heat on Rumble. Rumble's like, whatever. Now, remember how Rumble is doing this, right? How are they getting away with it? How are they not under attack? They're just saying we don't censor. It just isn't who we are. But you'll notice they haven't had any issues with the servers or anything else. There's been this whole conversation about GoFundMe. You know, I know something about the credit card processing world. My family's been in it for a great number uh, of years. And and so when you take a look at what um, GoFundMe has done with the Canadian truckers, as we've been talking about, it's like, well, how can you start your own? Well, I know how to start my own. What I don't have yet are the places you can put the servers to not have Amazon Web Systems say, you know what, we don't like what you're doing. We shut you off like they did to Parler. That's how many steps you got to be thinking down the line. You got to be thinking like the Pirate Bay people. Is that what they called it, Pirate Bay? Yes, that was out there, yeah. Right? Where did they find the servers? How did they get this done? That's that's the big issue. 
how do you it's having that kind of infrastructure to run these platforms to begin with and this infrastructure takes takes money baby money space all of it so it's 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 really something but when you can get it you can get it and, and trust me i've i i have received more calls about a gofundme competitor this weekend i mean i was in florida Oh my God, never mind just my father, who's been out of his head. He's like, we can do this. I'm like, we can do it, but it's more than just we can do it, right? Technologically speaking, sure. But now you gotta actually go out and physically do it, and that takes a couple bucks, and you gotta figure out these other things. I'm like, and by the way, I'm busy. He's like, you're not that busy. I'm like, all right, maybe I'm not that busy, but I'm still busy. I don't know if Rogan will do it or not. But I don't favor any censorship of Rogan, even when I disagree with him, even when I think he's wrong, and he is admitted to being wrong. I don't believe in any censorship. They shouldn't take the the the, the clips down. Facebook Tony Katz Radio, everything at TonyKatz.com. Tomorrow, everyone.